Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Good morning, Hillside. Now look, two-thirds of the church showed up yesterday to help us work. It was incredible. It was amazing. Two-thirds of the church is at home in bed, I guess. So I don't know what happened there. So everybody else that's here, you got to worship a little extra today. Joining me on the platform. Wow. It was loaded up, and they're all standing in the parking lot. And then we roll in. So... (laughs) It was incredible. Yeah, we said, "Hey, 7:30, meet at the church to load up, oh, load up cars." There were over a dozen people here already working and loading stuff when we showed up at 7:15. Um, that's pretty amazing. Just pretty amazing. Uh, and we had a phenomenal day serving our community. Yes, we um, did. A lot of people came through and then came through again. And we had kids that just had a blast. And you know what? The biggest kids of all, their parents were having a good time too. So, hey, and we found out that uh, after I retire from ministry, okay. I'm going to go work for a carnival because uh, yes, apparently I do a good really good that. job at the inflatable games yes. and, and the Connect Four announcer. Uh, some kids were playing. I said, okay, guys, I'm going to step away and do something else for a little bit, take a break. I'd been there for about an hour and a half. One of the girls was doing it, and I had, I had sat down for maybe 10 minutes, and then the kids came back and they said, we want the dude to like announce our game. I'm like, can he come back? I was like, oh, that's great. Good to you know that I've got a future after retirement. Yes, so. that's great. But we had a great time, and we've already heard so many great things. Uh, a couple people from the city have already posted some incredible comments on our Facebook page uh, talking about the people that serve from Hillside. And we just want to thank you so much for being a light in our community. I talked to Mandy last night, um, very emotional about the fact that our church showed up and served so well. Uh, and somebody came up to me and said, hey, you know, a couple of people from other churches were, were, were kind of looking around and, and things. And they're like, somebody said, what, what if they want to do this next year? I'm like, are you kidding me? Church Alley, I would love all go. of our churches to serve our city. That would be phenomenal. Uh, so we're so excited that you were a part of this. We're looking forward to what God has in store for us in the future. And both on behalf of Jackie and myself, we just want to commend you, church. Great job. Yes, awesome you guys did job. amazing. That is such a praise report that our people work so hard it was to serve cool. our community. So cool. Do you remember another praise report? Yes. Uh, yes. Brand new information this morning. Many of you know Marianne <laughs> Adams. Uh, she is our missionary partner to Indonesia. She leaves tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Evening. Evening to head to Indonesia. PM. Uh, so. to serve once again in your Asia area. And so let's just give God a hand clap for supplying the need for another missionary partner. Well, Jackie, in just a little bit, we will dismiss the kids. Absolutely. And Thank so, you so we much. look forward to sending no, them I'm down to you in just a little bit. Uh, she prefers not to be on the platform, so I will let her go for the rest of announcements. But there's a few other things that we want to cover here today. Following the morning service, um, and I know not everybody's here, but if you are here and you are interested in serving an assisted living ministry, Wendy Markle would like to meet with you for just a few moments uh, over in our lounge area. We're just wanting to finish getting the paperwork all set up and figure out who needs what for paperwork so that we can start serving uh, in our assisted living communities effectively. Uh, also, if you ordered a Hillside t-shirt uh, and have not picked it up yet, if you would see my wife after service, she would love to help you uh, get your t-shirt. If you haven't paid for those, if you could see her as well, otherwise we'll have to send Jeb to your house to collect on that. And you don't want that. Um, 
And if you don't know who Jeb is, that's funny. It's not serious, okay? We, we won't send people to your house to collect. Um, but uh, we're very excited about all the things that are happening there. We're super excited for this Wednesday because for the next four weeks on Wednesday nights, we are bringing The Chosen Season 1 here to Hillside. This is a TV series that has been put together. It is eight episodes in the first season. We're going to be showing all of them, two episodes every Wednesday night, and we've got a trailer for you so you can see what it's like. Throw this down for a catch. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher, but we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. Fruit here is incredible. Everything that grows here is immaculate, except for the people. You're such a miserable lot. You worship one God, and yet you're all divided. Only one language keeps their peace. None to speak it. You are the great Nicodemus. I serve only God. Yes. Yes, so do your enemies, rogue preachers in the wilderness, raving about a coming Messiah. Sarah, you're scared. I've lost everything. Burned every bridge. If I don't catch a ton of fish or get some help somehow, they'll arrest me. I'm trapped. No more talking, Simon. Maybe God can get your attention now. Who are you? Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I saw him. It was incredible. You have experienced a miracle. You are healed. What do you want from me? Follow me. He performs miracles and seeks no credit? Who did this? I don't know his name. His time for men to know has not yet come. We've, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? I will know him for the rest of my life. <laughs> so don't miss out on an opportunity to see The Chosen if you haven't seen it. Again, that starts this Wednesday. We'll air the first two episodes. In your bulletin, we did give you a postcard this morning with two pieces of very important information. Ladies, there is a women's gathering that will take place on uh, Saturday. I need bifocals, guys. I'm sorry. It's coming. I'm getting old. Uh, Saturday, September 24th at 10 p.m. Ladies, we would love for you uh, to be there. That will take place here on our main level in the lounge. Uh, so ladies, don't miss out on that. And then next Sunday, 
we are launching our grow groups. And on the back are all the grow group sessions that we have available starting next Sunday at 9 a.m. I know you can make it to church at 9 a.m. because you guys did it for breakfast last week. Uh, all right. So we fed you physically. Come get fed spiritually uh, next week with grow groups. Uh, and if any of our grow group leaders are here, would you just stand to your feet if you're on the platform or you're, you're in the entryway or somewhere? There are some of our great grow group leaders. I just want to say thank you so much for serving our church in such a great way. So who's excited for grow groups? All right, I'm going to work on that for next week, but I'm expecting you to be here for Grow Groups at 9 a.m. And then finally, don't forget, if you want to experience a one-day missions trip, uh, we're going to do that to City on a Hill uh, Saturday, October 8th. We'll leave that morning, come back the exact same day. Jairo uh, Granados is setting that up. And Jairo, I just want to tell you, sign me up. I want to work in the kitchen. I want to go down to City on a Hill with our team and serve the people of Milwaukee. So if you would like to participate in that. If you would see Hiro after service, and Hiro, just really quick, wave your hand so everybody can see you. That is Hiro. See him. He'll be able to answer any of the questions you have. Who's ready to worship today? God's been doing great things all weekend in our city. He's ready to do something great in and through your life today. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray, and then we are going to go awesome. Different things going on in their life. It's just about something that they're facing. There's someone here this morning who has been in the battle for the last week or several weeks and just feels like they're getting beat up and doesn't know how in the world they're going to make it to the next, the next level you have for them, the next step in front of them. Lord, I pray before every, anybody leaves this place today that you would meet with each individual and you would speak to them, to their heart. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this place. Jesus, move here. Move in this place. Do what only you can do. God, I know that you're a God of miracles, and there are some people here this morning, there are some people in our church family watching online, they need miracles today. I don't do miracles, but Jesus, I know that you do. You still do healings. You still conquer giants. You move mountains, and you set people free. Lord, I believe today as we begin to worship, your presence is going to move on our hearts and lives in great ways. Lord, we invite you into this place to have your way. Do what you want to do today. And God's people said, amen. amen. Let's worship together this morning. As Robbie plays, I'd like to read Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you. While I live, I will lift up my hands in your name. Amen. Let's worship him today.
says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I've tasted and seen that the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence. 
Spirit.
Amen. You can be seated. And uh, we're going to have Jeb tell us what time it is. <gasps> Do you know what time it is? It's time for the AG Express Kids Ministry. So at this time, if all the kiddos can get up on their feet and head to the back door with Miss Jackie, we're going to have a great time down in Kids Church. Let's go! Um, as our kids leave, I mean, I love our kids. Um, passage of scripture, I'll be sharing. Own, uh, pastor, one of my, uh, so there might be some parallels. I might have taken a few of his illustrations, uh, but the pastor said that was okay. So I'm going to say it's okay to be able to do that this morning to preach this passage of word to you. Last week we had an awesome time together for breakfast. Uh, I heard it really was inspiring. We served French toast, uh, and Robert and Christine boarded a plane and went to France. That's some powerful French toast. That's all I got to say. I'm like, they, they wanted more of that experience. Uh, but they're over there for work, and so we wish them well. I think they're trying to tune in this morning. Uh, and if you're with us, it's great to have Robert and Christine with us as well this morning. Um, but we talked last week about the transitioning happening as we go into the book of Acts and the mindset of, of what God has been teaching us as we looked through our last major uh, message series as we went through the Gospels, and God was reteaching us what it really meant to begin to follow Him. And now we're going to step into Acts and the launching of the church. There's powerful things that happen. And one of the things we talked about was the fact that God has called us to be disciples, to continue to grow in our journey, but to also be disciple makers. Every person is meant to be a disciple and to disciple someone. It's meant to happen. You're meant to flow in and out of your life. We also talked about the importance of the early church and, and the fact that they did not see discipleship and evangelism as two separate things, but they saw it as the same thing, two sides to the same coin. They were always engaged in evangelism, sharing Jesus and helping people grow. And we talked and gave some examples of even some of our missionaries, how they are discipling people before they even come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that that's okay, that God does things many different ways in his kingdom. And today, we're going to jump into this passage of scripture. And as we do so, let's remember one of the last points from last week, and that's this, that the church is meant to not come in and, and, and engage people and disciple people to live here in the building. God has called us to disciple people to live out there and make a difference in our world. And the church is to give you the tools to be able to do that. And today, we're going to put some tools in your hands. Are you ready for some tools? Amen. Well, let's get into the scripture together. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 30, verses 19 through 22. And I think we have the scriptures on the screen for you this morning. It starts off saying, People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when your cry for help, or how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So we're on our journey. We're on the road to Acts. We're going to be jumping into Acts in just a few weeks. But everything we do leading up to that point is setting us up 
for success when we do jump into that book. It's prepping our heart. It's tilling the soil. It's preparing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. In our scripture today, we're looking at a passage, and this is actually a conversation happening between the Lord Isaiah and King Hezekiah. Now, King Hezekiah was a good king. He was the king of Judah, uh, and he was a very good king. He put things in the right order. He restored a lot of things that had to be restored in the kingdom. He did his best to follow God, but he was going through a tough time because Judah was beginning to be attacked by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians were a really nasty group of people. They were brutal, and they had mostly wiped out parts of the northern kingdom. So here is King Hezekiah, and he realizes Judah is in big trouble. We got a problem because these panic and the anger to the king of Egypt and made an alliance. But I want to tell you this was an unwise decision. It was a desperate decision, and it's a decision that eventually would cause problems, more problems for the, for the kingdom of Judah than solutions. Hezekiah was a good king, but he did a dumb thing. And you know what? Good people can do dumb, silly, foolish things. Good people, great people, people who love God can still make mistakes. Did you know that? Now, I know none of you would ever make mistakes, right? None of you guys ever do anything dumb, silly, foolish, unwise, or desperate. Just your pastor does those things. So uh, I'll just preach to myself this morning. But Hezekiah, he was, he was under attack. And in that moment, made an unwise decision. And often in our life, it's when we're under attack, we make unwise decisions. When we're under attack, we, we not only make unwise decisions, but we make unwise alliances. Let me ask you a question this morning. When you are tired, and I know some of you are tired, when you're tested, and I know some of you are being tested right now with things in your life, when your heart is troubled, what is it that you turn to? What are the alliances you have and that you form and that you build? What are those things? Why is it that it seems like we can turn to other people or other things? We'll exhaust all of our resources and then when we have nothing to do left, we go, well, all I got left to do is pray. When God really says, man, why don't you come to me and start with prayer? Why don't we start there? Why don't we start with a conversation with God? And I'll tell you why most of us have a problem doing that is because it's much easier to turn to things that we can see. It's much easier to turn to things that we can control. It's much easier to, to turn to things that, that have a physical presence than sometimes a God that we can't physically see. Don't get me wrong. We see God do great things, right? It's kind of like the wind. You can't see the wind, but we see the effects of the wind. When the flag blows, when the tree blows, when the lawn clippings go across your yard from mowing into your neighbor's yard, you're grateful that you don't have to, to blow that anymore. Oh, is that just me? Okay, sorry. I didn't realize we weren't doing a time of confession. That'll come later. We see the effects of the wind, and we can see the effects of God, but sometimes when we're in the middle of a crisis, we're in the middle of hurt, when our, when our mind is flustered, or when there's a heaviness on us, we'll turn to things 
that are easily seen and will make unwise alliances. So let's start with point one this morning. Are you talking with God? Are we talking with God? Look, we're meant and built to have an ongoing conversation with God throughout our day. We're built that way. God wants that. He desires that kind of connection with you. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Great. And some of you just read that. You're looking at those scriptures on the screen. You're like, great. I failed at all three of those just this weekend. Um, Rejoice always. I don't do that. Pray continually. Nope, didn't do that. And give thanks in all circumstances. Do you have any idea what I'm going through right now? You want me to just like be thankful for that? Come on. We've all been there. We've all been there. That's, that's a, a good word, and it's great, and it looks really awesome in, in like, you know, a Hallmark card. That's great. It's much harder to apply to our life. It's much harder to apply to our life, but the Holy Spirit is, is longing for you to begin to want that in your life, to seek that, to develop that, to grow in that. It's not getting of walking through McDonald's, <laughs> like how prayer works. We have a conversation with God, and it goes two ways. It's just not us, uh, not us putting in an order to God. It's him talking with us, challenging us, strengthening us, showing us things, showing us a different perspective of the situation that we're facing. And, and, and put that scripture back up, would you? Anthony, thank you so much for doing that. Rejoicing always, I don't always do that, but I want to get to a point where I'm striving to. I don't always pray continually, but I know I need to talk to God more throughout my day. And to be able to be thankful for all the circumstances that I'm facing, let's just be real, there's not one of us that does that effectively. But God and the Holy Spirit is pulling us towards that to develop us. Look, I I know that praying can be an interesting thing. For some of us, we're like, hey, Pastor Eric, I have my morning prayer time every single morning, and that's great. That's awesome. But I just got to tell you, I need something more than that in my life. I'm not against praying in the morning. I think it's a great thing to pray in the morning. I pray in the morning. I usually have a great time with God in the shower. That's probably too much information for everybody. But that's where I, my time with God, that's where it starts. Because there's nobody bothering me. I've, I've written some pretty great messages in the shower. Now it's really too much information for you. But, um, but that's okay. You'll get over it. We need to have that time. But some of us, I think if we really look at our prayer life, we kind of look at it as if it's something that like we got to check off our to-do list. Like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure I got to get prayer done. All right, prayer's done. Great. I can move on to the next thing. And that's not what God wants. God wants a conversation and a relationship with us. Could you imagine if you're married and you treated your spouse like that? Well, I got my five minutes of conversation in time this morning in with my wife. I'm gone. I don't have to talk to her the rest of the day. (laughs) Right, marriage counseling available this week, Tuesday through Friday. Let us know if you need that. But God wants something deeper. Don't you talk to your spouse throughout the day when you get home from work? Don't you? Do you have that conversation? Do you ever sit down and just talk about things that are going on? You find yourself in a situation with your marriage, like something happened to one of the kids, something happened to the house. You know, so don't you have a conversation like, "Hey, this is what we should do." Do you know God wants to have that same type of authentic conversation with you? Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk with God as the day goes on. 
Just take a minute, breathe before you make a decision and talk. Prayer is not a chore to be done or something to be checked off. I, I, don't, I don't pray to try to win some type of badge for my Christian t-shirt, right? That's not what it's about. To be honest with you, a majority of the time I pray is so that I don't get in trouble. Because <laughs> when I operate on my own, I'm destined to get in trouble. When we stop talking to God, guess what? The enemy starts working us over in our life. When we stop talking, when we stop communicating, we stop ha having an authentic relationship with God, the devil shows up and goes, I'm going to play havoc in your life because you're not listening to the king. You don't even have, you're not even tuned in to the right station. And he comes in and he wrecks havoc with us. And we should be going to God before we get ourselves into some of the messes that we tend to. We've all been there. But so we seem to wait to pray until after we've goofed up and it's the last option that we've got. And that's really where King Hezekiah was. Why didn't he go to God sooner? He could have saved himself so much headache. Instead, he made an unwise alliance. What are the things that you look to for comfort in the middle of a crisis? They might give you temporary ease or temporary pleasure, but they can come back to bite you in the long run. Is it just, hey, taking a drink just to take the edge off? Or is it to take drugs? And I know some of you would be like, oh, man. Well, that's not the same thing. Yeah, it really is. Because you're putting that bag of chips or that gallon of ice cream in the place of real, not drug, alcohol, and sex, but that bag of potato chips can be just as big as aisle. Or maybe it's the fact that, you know what, you're going through a tough time, so you know what, you'll air everybody else's dirty laundry, you'll call it prayer, we'll air everybody else's dirty laundry so that you feel a little bit better about yourself at the end of the day. Come on. That's not what God wants for you. He wants something better for you. Let's turn to God. Maybe it's time to renegotiate and cut some of the ties to the things that you run to for comfort. And it's time to find comfort in God in our daily walk with him. This is not enough. If you're here and you're living Sunday to Sunday, it's not enough for you. I'm just being honest with you. I love worshiping with my family. I love spending time with you. This is not enough for me. I need worship time throughout the week. Uh, Mike and Robbie, I've been sending them stuff this week. I'm like, guys, this song is getting into my life. It's getting into my heart. It's, oh, man, I'm sending it with you because I want to share this experience with you. Through the week, we're doing that. Why? Because there's a longing for more. I got to have more because I got to be in God's presence or I'm going to make a big-time mistake, a big-time problem. I need to be with God because he longs to be with me, and the same goes for you. Let's go back to our scripture, verse 19. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, will you weep no more? How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he, as soon as he hears, he will answer you. Point number two, why didn't we say something sooner? Why didn't we say something sooner? A lot of us have a problem with patience. We grow up in a culture that obviously, right now, it's all about the instantaneous. We want instantaneous everything. We want instant change, instant results, and instant gratification. And we don't get those, we get frustrated, upset, and angry. And listen, I'm with you. It's very frustrating when you're looking for a part 
at Ace Hardware or Menards, and they're like, yeah, we don't know when that'll be in. It's like, it's an electrical outlet. Like, that's something that I think everybody needs. Like, how can you not have that? And we get frustrated. And I think we get that way in our lives about so many things. But I want to tell you, if you're one of those people, this is good news for you because this scripture is meant for you. Because it says, as soon as he hears, he will answer you. Your prayers do not go unanswered. And when we turn to the Lord for help, he answers us the minute that he hears us. He doesn't always answer us the way that we want. But he always answers. He always answers. When we converse with God and ask for help, he will show up. There's no precondition to that promise. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to make all these things right. All he's asking you to do is have a conversation with him. Ask me for help, and I'll help you. Here's how we think this scripture kind of works. A lot of you will remember, remember the school days when you went to school? All right, and then you remember like you had a project that you had to do or a test that you needed to study for. And then the night before the test, you're like, Lord, please don't let me fail this and I'll serve you the rest of my life. Uh, you're laughing because you all prayed that. Come on, I did it too. And we're praying, God, won't you help me pass this test? Why didn't we come to God sooner? Like a week before when we were like, hmm, I could study tonight or I could watch Matlock on TV. We should have been praying then. I, I know I'm going back in time. All the new people in church are like, what's Matlock? Uh, all the other people are like, pastor used a reference that I know. That's amazing. Um, why, why don't we go to God when we're in the struggle? Instead, we seem to go to him when we're like, oh, we're struggling with procrastination. Why, why don't we go to him then? Instead of only going to him once our spouse finds out and now they want to file for divorce, then we go to God and say, God, why won't you help me? Why won't we go to God sooner? Why don't we go to God when we got the issues with our workplace? Why don't we go to him and say, Lord, I'm really bothered by this. Speak to me. Help me. Help me see this from a different perspective. Help me get through this. Why don't we turn to God then? Why is it we only turn to him after we get fired for cussing out our boss and walking off the job and saying, Lord, why didn't you do something? Help me. Provide for me. And listen, don't get me wrong. If you're in the middle of a mess today by your own making, by the decisions you've made, if you ask God for help, he will come to your aid. It may not be instantaneous. It may not be cook your fingers and here we go. But God will help you in the middle of your mess, whether you've made it on your own or not. But God's deeper desire is that we would learn to go to him before we make the mess on our own. That we would turn to him when we're struggling. We would turn to him when we're doubting. We would turn to him when we're tired. And we would ask for his help. God wants us to grow in our relationship with him. And he wants to help us sooner than later. Let's turn to God sooner. Get ready for the last point. I got to prep this a little bit. There's a time when we find ourselves in a mess, and it's nothing to do with the choices that we make. There are, there are definitely times where we make things far worse, right? We, we've made our own problem. But there are times when life happens, and it has nothing to do with us. Any of the choices that we made, a car accident, an issue at work, you get let go from work, or whatever it might be. 
You find yourself in a mess. It has nothing to do with anything that you did. That's where King Hezekiah was. He had a problem. The Assyrians were coming. And it's not because of anything that he did. He was making right choices. He was doing the right things. He was leading people in the right direction. It was not a problem because of what he was doing or the kingdom of Judah was doing at this point in time that the Assyrians were at the front gate. He made this situation worse with his response, and that's not what we want to do. But the original problem had nothing to do with his actions. So what do we do when we face a conflict that we have no control over? The answer to that is here in the scripture. It's in verse 20. Look at what it says. Remember, we just read, God will come to your aid as soon as he hears you. He'll answer your prayer. Verse 20. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you'll see them. That is a weird passage of Scripture. That's weird. This is not on any Hallmark card. All right, I've never seen this on a Hallmark card. And Jesus is going to give you the bread of adversity. I've never seen that. Point number three, conflict is the conduit of our development. This passage tells us that the Lord gives us bread of adversity and the water of affliction. The food, food and water are things we need to survive. We have to have those things. We cannot survive without them. And here, God is, gives us conflict as something that we need to survive. That seems a little bit awkward. We view conflict as something that we, we, we don't want any part of. We spin a narrative that says, when you begin to follow Jesus, you'll never have conflict in your life anymore. And then those of us who have followed Jesus find out that's not true. Sometimes it's the opposite. The more I follow Jesus, the more conflict that's in my life. The issue is, is as Jesus comes into our life and as our relationship grows with him, we should be handling conflict differently. Jesus was always dealing with conflict. Conflict with people, conflict with situations, conflicts with nature. All these things were happening. Something that God... How many of you have ever... All right. What conduit is, is basically a pipe of some kind that you put wires into, right? And those, that conduit, it's a guide for where those wires go. The wires don't get to say where they get to go. They're in the conduit. The conduit takes them to the location where they can, those wires can come out and get connected. Conflict is a conduit in our life. God brings conflict into our life to put us exactly where we need to be, when we need to be there. In the process of doing that, God is trying to use that conflict to grow our maturity in him and in the Holy Spirit and in his word. God needed David to get on the throne. How did, how did God do it? With conflict. Look at that story. Who, who do you have? Philistines. Philistines had a problem with Israel. There's this huge conflict going on in the valley. Then you got Goliath that shows up, and he says, hey, I'll just take on one man from Israel. David ends up going, I'll take the dude on conflict. Conflict. And then after that, it's conflict with King Saul, the current king. <laughs> all that stuff, all that conflict to put David on the throne, but in the process of getting him there, what was God doing? Developing David to be a successful king. Conflict is not the sign that you have all of a sudden done something wrong in the kingdom of God and God is punishing you. In fact, I would say a majority of the time, conflict in our life is because God is trying to do something deeper in us. 
to deepen our relationship with him, to prep us for what he has for us in the future. And when we begin to view conflict differently, we're going to begin to have success in our life like never before. In this whole process, when David was on his way to the throne, I can't really find a place where David made it worse. He continually seemed to be seeking the Lord. Like, what do I do here? I got conflict. How do I get, where, where do you want me to go, God? What do you want me to do? But look after he took the throne. What happens when he kind of diminishes in talking with God? Bathsheba. He's on the rooftop, shouldn't even be on the rooftop. He should be out with the kings. The Bible says it was the time for war. He should have been out with his soldiers leading where he should have been. And if he would have been spending time with God, God would have told him where he needed to be. But procrastination, tired, whatever, he's at home. He's on the rooftop. He looks down. He sees a young lady taking a shower. He could have been praying, Lord, come on, help me. Get me in the right mindset. What's he do? No. He indulges in those feelings. He grabs the bag of potato chips and the gallon of ice cream. And all of a sudden, he starts making a huge mess. And it only gets resolved when David goes back and begins to talk with God. Church, we need to be talking with God. Worship team, if you'd come back and get ready. I'm going to close today with this. That was my last point, but I need to close with this because I believe this is for somebody here this morning. When we find ourselves in conflict in our life, I realize it can be intimidating. There are things we face, and I'm not talking about the conflict we face because we made a mess on our own. I'm talking about the conflict that we just seem to be in. Like we, we weren't looking for it, we weren't trying to make things bad, but we find ourselves in a conflict this morning. It seems intimidating. This last, uh, last couple of weeks, I find myself in an interesting situation where I'm facing exactly that. I was asked to join a team in our city and be part of a, a group. And uh, I've accepted that and showed up for my first meeting uh, a week ago. I walk into this room, and I'm in this room with all these brilliant people that can have so many gifts and talents. And I'm sitting here. I didn't say much. I'm just sitting there. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm going, God, I have nothing to offer these people. Like, I don't have any of these gifts and talents. I don't know how to do this, that, or the other. Why am I here? What do I possibly have to give? I felt so intimidated. Show me this truth. So focused on what we're walking. And in that moment, I realized I'm not on this team for me. I'm on this team because God wants to be in the room. And I'm the person that God's asked to walk in there. That's it. And all of a sudden, all my fear, all my anxiety left. It's like I'm here because God's, God's, God's in the room. God's got my back. I want you to know this morning, if you're dealing with the things in your life, if you're striving to find God, you're working on the things. I'm not saying perfect. None of us are perfect. But you're, you're doing what you can do, and it's just conflict and struggle. You're in the conduit right now. I want you to know, God's got your back. God's got your back. He was with David on the battlefield. He's with you this morning, whether it's at work or at home or some type of situation. And listen, somebody is thinking, finally, somebody's telling me I'm right. I'm not saying that you're right. I'm telling you God has your back. 
walk faithfully with God. Talk with him because he's got your back. He is right there, right now for you. Church, would you stand to your feet? I want to pray a blessing over you this morning. If you're here in this place today, you're watching online, and you're like, I, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus, we want to start there this morning. If you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we've got to admit that we've got a problem, that we can't fix it on our own, and that we need a Savior in our life. And it takes a leap of faith. We have, to, we have to confess that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came, he died, he rose again, and that he wants a relationship with you. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray. And would you pray this prayer in your own spirit this morning to start that conversation? Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. My life isn't perfect. It's broken. It's messed up. I've made a lot of wrong choices. I need you in my life. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you died and that you rose again and that you are the Son of God and that this morning you are calling me into a relationship with you. Lord, come into my life, begin to change it, transform it, and God, I want to start talking with you. I want to have a real, authentic relationship with you. Help me get where I need to go. Well, now we're all on the same page. We've all got a relationship with Christ. I want to begin to pray for you this morning for whatever it is you have to walk into this next week. Lord, as, as your people, Lord, we realize this isn't enough. Sunday morning's not enough. We've got to take some personal responsibility for our relationship with you. And, and the biggest thing is you want us to talk with you. You want us to pray. A two-way conversation where we share our heart and you have an opportunity to share your heart with us through the word and through your spirit and through others. Lord, these are all areas we need to grow in. We need to know the story so that we can know when your spirit is speaking to us. Lord, this week when we are up against the ropes, as we're going through things, as we're going through our day and we reach challenges and hardships. Lord, let us not turn to a bunch of other things and, and try, to, try to form partnerships with things or others. Let us turn to you first. Coming to you and trusting you and that you would work in and through our lives and you would speak to us and give us wisdom. We don't want to put ourselves in the place of Hezekiah. We want to come to you before the situation gets worse. And Lord, all of us this week are going to face conflict. We're going to be in the conduit it's on the journey. Some of it will be intimidating. So much about what we face. It's about who we face it with. As we walk into rooms and meetings and conversations, we walk into that meeting with you having our back, with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit alive inside of us. We can make it because, God, you go with us. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Church, do you believe that you go with God today? But look, before we leave this place, this is a good solid word. We're going to pray as a church, right? And so I'm going to ask Mike to lead us in one more worship song, and then he's going to dismiss us. Please remember, uh, if you uh, talk with Wendy Markle today, meet over in that the 
the, what's that room called? The lounge. That's what it's called. I'm really good when I'm preaching, and then afterwards, it's all gone, guys. It just all rolls right out. Uh, but that meeting will take place in the lounge. Uh, so do that. Next week is Grow Groups at 9 a.m. This Wednesday, don't forget, we're showing uh, The Chosen, the first two episodes. We'd love for you to come join us at 6.30 on Wednesday night. Church, I'm praying for you. We're here for you. Reach out to us this week. If you just need somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with, we're happy to be able to do that for you. Uh, Jackie, cookies. There are cookies. Uh, crazy. Uh, it's been a long weekend. Y'all just need to give me some grace, all right? Because as soon as service is over, I'm going to eat, and I'm taking a nap until Monday. Um, but uh, there are cookies and some leftovers from uh, events that took place yesterday out on our countertop on the coffee bar. Please grab some of those and take them. Mandy brought them over. We said, hey, we'll find a home for all this stuff. So please grab those. Church, I love you so much. You're doing a great job. And man, we brought God to our city yesterday. He is well pleased with you. You, you blew this pastor's mind. How awesome you guys are. I'm so excited to do life with you. Let's worship once more together, and then Mike will pray for our offering today. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Lord, I come. I confess.
a shout of praise and a thank offering today. Lord, we need you, Lord God. We thank you, God. May we rejoice and pray always. Pray continually. Give thanks. We like to uh, close with a, a familiar song to some of you and the others had to learn it today for the first time. But it's called It's Beginning to Rain. And you know, a few weeks ago, Pastor preached on the sound of rain, and then right on cue, only as God could do, the rain began to fall. We could hear it on the roof. We could see it out the windows. And I believe it was a, a manifestation of God showing us things in the natural that apply to the supernatural, that it's beginning to rain. And in, in, uh, as we enter the book of Acts, the book of Acts starts about the Holy Spirit, and it ends about the Holy Spirit's work in the world. And uh, in Acts 2, Peter, uh, preaching on the day of Pentecost, quoting the prophet Joel, said, uh, quoting God, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh and on your sons and your daughters. And the end of that passage was, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It was God at work in the world. God wants to save. We're going to sing, It's Beginning to Rain. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. you hear throw up in the windows go call all your children together thrive open the door when the rains of the spirit are falling fill every vessel for he who drinks is beginning first drop of rain that you hear throw open the windows 
go call all your children together, throw wide the door. When the rains of the Spirit are falling, fill every vessel. For he who drinks his fill will thirst no more. It's beginning to thank you for the reign of your spirit, Lord, that you promised not only to the disciples, to the apostles of that age, but it was things that accompanied salvation to those who believe. And God, we just thank you for this time together today, Lord. And Lord, if we have offerings, we, we want to drop them off in the foyer, in the, in the giving box, and just greet somebody before you go today in the love of Christ. Dear Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in their midst. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Holy Spirit, you are within us. Father God, you are watching over us. Watch over us now as we go together in the love of Christ. Blessings to you all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of the Father. Thirsty and dry, look up to the sky. It's beginning. 